You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network. We're back with episode 71, and we have a very special guest the host of the King's Den podcast, Jordy. He covers the LA Kings, and we're happy to have him because, you know, New York and LA, is there more of a coastal elitist rivalry anywhere else in the country? I don't think so. So, Jordy, how's it going? And uh, thanks for coming on here. I'm good. How are you guys? I'm pumped to be, I'm pumped to be joining you guys for the first time, I believe. It's like, it's tough right now for me because the Kings aren't, and the playoffs are really doing anything. So I haven't really been, I've been following the Kings obviously, but I haven't been really recording any episodes or anything, but it's nice to be getting back into it and talking about the Kings again. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, obviously we wanted to have you on because I feel like the Rangers and the Kings kind of have a unique relationship in where we kind of saw us hit our peaks at the same time. And obviously we met in the Stanley cup finals and, um, you uh, well, the Kings pretty much uh, started the whole goalie interference and stole the Stanley Cup from the Rangers. So I mean, we can delve into that a little bit. But uh, but here we are in 2020, and we find ourselves with probably the top two most. Uh, I would say like the in the NHL, there haven't been this much hype around the first two picks since maybe last year when the Rangers had it. But um, you know, in a while where we, yeah. see, you know, where we see our teams uh, pretty much, you know, see our future getting rebuilt right in front of us right now. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It is, there's quite the, there's quite the parallels between these two teams. They're absolutely on the exact same path. They, of course, they met in the cup finals in 2014, the Alec Martinez game winning goal, of course, a heartbreaker for you guys, but the, but they are the parallel between the two teams are, it's, it's pretty crazy how they like hit their peak and then they just, kind of fell and I'm falling. I don't want to say fall lightly. They fell pretty hard, both of them. And they both kind of tried to do what every team kind of does, make the moves to try to like make the playoffs or do well in a playoff year when you just know what's not going to happen. And sometimes that can hurt, hurt a team as they, uh, as they, cause they like lose picks and then they're in the basement for another little bit. But the Kings and Rangers have done a really good job in kind of like recovering from trying to do those moves. And you can see they're two of the top prospect pools in the whole NHL right now. 
Yeah, no, and you know, I I love uh, the fact that you know, L.A. and New York too were almost built the exact same way. Um, but L.A. I always felt had the better offense. They kind of built around their you know all stars up front, whereas the Rangers just really never had that firepower to get you know to get it ultimately done. I mean, you have two Stanley Cups uh, in L.A. and the Rangers you know found themselves going you know we're still in the drought since '94, so yeah. you know we're still searching for that, but you know, it seems now that the Rangers are kind of building that same, you know, uh, that, you know, that same platform where you, you do have strong goaltending, but you do have that fire on the offensive side, which is exciting. Um, you know, looking at LA and obviously they struggled this season, big time. Uh, they were a little bit older. Your stars are a little bit older. You know, what were your expectations going into this season? And, you know, are, are you happy with the way things are turning out now that you have, you know, such a valuable pick at number two? Uh, I honestly am. I was happy about, like, I was happy about the season. I, happy is not the right word, but I was impressed at the season, I guess, because we knew it wasn't going to be a good year. We just, we knew, we knew it was a rebuilding year, but you saw so much growth in the team. You saw a lot of young guys get their opportunity. You saw the older guys kind of becoming the uh, the le- the leaders of the team for the young guys. There's no real like gap players. Like Toffoli was only the was only one of the kind of gap players, like in between the older players and the younger younger players. And of course, he got traded at the deadline. So you kind of saw the older guys really become leaders for the younger guys, and and you saw young guys getting their chance up with older guys as well. And that was awesome to see and we're speaking about like these two teams i'd say one similarity about them now is they have both teams have young for have like the veterans that they rely on that can still produce they have the young players coming up both these teams have like the older goaltenders that were studs and work uh, kind of struggle now but they both still put up decent numbers in quick and lundquist as well and i think that's going to be one of the more interesting parts to watch in the future between these two teams as a goaltending yeah, I, I mean, and watching the you know Hank kind of play out his last few seasons with us, I do think um, you know at least the Rangers have a, a future with you know Igor and you know uh, Georgie. Do does LA have like a goalie like prospect coming up or like or do you expect one to be drafted this year? No, for sure. We had we had Cal Peterson come up this year, and he's a stud, man. Him and so I so we had Jack Campbell was the backup, and I kind of expected him and quick to split the games this year and Campbell was good enough and old kind of old enough that the Kings were ready to move on from them knowing that they had Cal Peterson in the wing so they traded uh Campbell at the deadline to Toronto but uh no Cal Peterson he's a stud he came up after the trade deadline trade for Jack Campbell which was I think two weeks before the deadline and when it came up him and quick split the time and he like stood stood his own very well he went five and three and eight starts and he's definitely the goaltender of the future for the la kings awesome at least you have something to move on uh you know goaltending for the rangers has you know we've been spoiled with it and obviously as a kings fan you've probably been spoiled too so it's nice to nice to see like the youth just come in and and step up even too i don't i don't know if you've noticed this but just across the league these guys are kind of goalies are kind of coming out of nowhere and really stepping in these roles as like starters, especially towards like, like playoff pushes. Like you saw it happen, you know, with especially St. Louis with Bennington, yeah. like kind of just came out of nowhere and was just dominant. And, 
you know, cross our fingers that, well, you know, the Rangers and Kings have that too. So speaking of that, I think there's kind of, there's kind of a changing in the, of the guard happening in the NHL right now, because it's this playoffs has proven more than anything in my mind that you need to stud goaltenders instead of like, instead of like maybe not having quite like the a plus plus guy, if you have two A's or two a minuses, that's going to work out for you. There's in the second round right now, in the playoffs, seven out of eight teams have used both their goaltenders, I believe. And I think the only one that didn't, I don't remember if Halak played every game or not, or if the backup came in for one, but I think Boston was the only team that only used one goalie in the second round. Every other team has used both their goaltenders. So I think that's definitely a changing of the guard that is happening in the NHL. Oh, yeah. I mean, Andy, you, how many times do I say the goalie platoon is the new is the new norm? There's no more. You might be able to get away with 60-40, but the days of, you know, 80-20, the starts are just not there. And I always thought it kind of started back in the 2010-2011 season in Vancouver with Luongo and Schneider. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's where it started. Yeah, I think, you know, this the sports science clearly points that it's the smart thing to do. And just honestly, when you think about it, just from a like an analytical perspective, that it's like it's just hedging your bets is smart because if you lose your number one guy, if you, you know, because I think in the past you've seen – or, you know, you look at Toronto with, uh, you know, the litany of backups they've tried yeah. to have for Freddie Anderson in yeah. the last few years and that sure. they've just never felt comfortable. Uh, and now, lo and behold, Freddie Anderson is probably on his way out because they, you know, it's just at a certain point, it's that I don't care who you are, it, it'll weigh on your starter and then either they'll underperform and it might not necessarily be their fault, but now they're, you know, then your organization sours on them and it might may have never been their, you know, actually their fault is just maybe their workload was just way too much. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And actually, like speaking about that, because you guys are Eastern Conference and they're kind of a rival of you, uh, of you guys in with the Rangers. Uh, do you think Matt Murray is getting traded? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I it's cool. funny because there I did see today that there was rumors yeah. that Toronto um, that Toronto had inquired about matt murray and then we also know that uh the dump that, the uh, fires jeremy uh, Jim, uh, rutherford had jim rutherford had made a comment that he did have offers out there for you know one of his goaltenders yeah. he, he wouldn't say who but that you it's know, murray. but they'd have to up yeah it's definitely murray yeah, and it's absolutely. just you know i think on the one hand i you know murray i'm not the the biggest fan of i think he's okay he had one really good season and then he had one uh mass season yeah. and then after that he's it's been kind of on a little bit of a downtick ever since but you know at the same time that might be the team but at this you know we listen we've seen uh we saw the kind of we've kind of seen the same thing with um with bennington and in, in st louis sure. that maybe it's like oh maybe he's not like uh, you know, because it's like we think they, they you know, St. Louis has found their goaltender forever. And then you're like, oh, well, maybe he's not as consistent. But I mean, listen, if Chris Osgood can well, win all those those uh, <laughs> win all the, you know, that goal hardware. Yeah. With Detroit for all those years, despite not being the best goaltender, it really does. It's it, more about the team and, in front of you. You just need to make sure you can get your timely saves and league average goaltending if possible. And you're speaking of the Blues and Bennington scenario. They're putting all the eggs in the basket with them now after trading Jake Allen yesterday. So. Yeah, that's another weird thing, but yeah, yeah. I guess we'll have to we'll have to have a, a three way podcast with Tom Franklin. And <laughs> yeah, about what's going on there? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I did, Jordy. I did want to talk to you really quick about you know because you had mentioned it for us that you know the Rangers and LA have, <laughs> you know, it's uh, James and I can remember well 
literally having, you know, I think uh, there was a time where the most exciting prospect in our prospect pool was Sean Day, who was selected in the third, <laughs> um, you know, because we'd come every year, the Rangers were trying to get that other kick, you know, just yeah. another kick at the can. Yeah. They trade away their first rounders. Hell, they trade away in their second rounders, yeah. you know, for multiple, multiple years. And, but, you know, fast forward to now, and you can argue that after this draft, I, you know, I, it'd be hard pressed to tell me, you know, or I, I, I don't know if any other teams that honestly have a more impressive farm system than LA and the Rangers, you uh, know? And I think when I look at them on paper, it's like, you know, they're both maybe, uh, you know, I definitely like, I think at you, the Kings have done an excellent job, uh, you know, locking up with uh, center depth that could really benefit them. The Rangers have done a good job, uh, you know, in terms of their back end talent they've drafted. So, it's yeah, it's just crazy to see that how I think two teams that literally were weren't picking in the first round for a while now have such they you know they've both restocked their pools so fast. But uh, yeah, is, can you talk to us about some prospects in your system that you're really high on? Yeah, for sure. Well, both te- first of all, just off of that, both teams have done an amazing job in kind of recovering as we like touched as you just touched on as a, and I touched on earlier. Like they tried to give the kick at the can for like the couple of years and it just didn't work out, and that usually doesn't work out. And no, I think both teams have done just a fantastic job. Like I, I haven't really, I'll admit, I haven't really looked at the Rangers prospect pool, but I know it's high, but the Kings is honestly like the top in the NHL. Like their, their prospect pool is unbelievable. I think they had an NHL high 11 guys play at the world juniors this year. And a lot of them are just so impressive. And a lot of them had great world juniors so of course you have he didn't play in the world juniors i don't think but alex turcott was our first rounder last year he's gonna be he's gonna be great he's a centerman we had a bunch of prospects make nhl debuts this year including gabe velarde who scored on his first nhl shift and he had seven points in 10 games i think it was he was outstanding in his time in his cup of coffee with the league this year and we have i touched on cal peterson and net we have Mikey Anderson played a few games for the Kings on the back end this year. I really like him. His brother plays for the Devils. Uh, and uh, for top pros, going back to the World Junior, uh, the guys that had great World Juniors, Samuel Fajmo, he's he's a great forward as well. He's going to be a winger. He's going to be a first line winger in the future. Him and Hoglander, who's a Canucks prospect, were like unbelievable in the World Juniors together. And then you also have uh, Alex. Kuvalev, I always pronounce his name wrong. Oh no, Arthur Kuvalev, sorry. He played on the World Junior team as well. He kind of struggled on the World Juniors, but he's a guy I'm high on as well. And then there's now 19-year-old Tobias Bornfoot, who in my mind is the the next top defenseman kind of behind Doughty in the league for the Kings. I don't think he's going to put up the numbers like Doughty did, but he made, he didn't play very much, but he made the team as 18 year old last season. And Drew Doughty loved the kid. And then he didn't play. I think he stayed for three games and he's got sent down and played a year as 18 year old in the AHL. And again, he didn't have a great world juniors, but he's a guy I'm really high on as well. Anyone that can make, make it to the NHL as an 18 year old, they're going to be good. I, they're, I think he's going to have a great career. Yeah. Well, just, you know, just like you said, all those names you mentioned, it does seem that it almost reminds me of, uh, in the way the LA has stocked and how, where they have prospects kind of, uh, put stashed perfectly everywhere. They have their, uh, players, you know, in Ontario to call up when they, when they're ready, like you mentioned, uh, uh, Velarde and Kapari, 
yeah, yeah. Uh, Bjorn Fott. And then, you know, uh, like you said, Fagamo is amazing uh, overseas playing with Furlunda, playing with, yeah. uh, uh, you know, um, uh, just uh, Henrik Lundqvist's brother as the, as the team captain. Just <laughs> yeah. Funny there. And then obviously you even mentioned, you know, Arthur Kaliev who dropped in his draft just because there was kind of questions about, uh, you know, he's kind of like the, he's Kessel like, and then he's kind of yeah. mercurial. They don't know. Uh, about the effort level, but you know the kid is just a deadly, a natural sniper and just a, a scoring Absolutely. threat every time and he's on the ice. So, and just to get you know the Kings have done a great job getting those value picks um, for sure. Know, so, and and I know I, I know I mentioned a lot of names there, but I just have to mention a couple more quickly, just go quickly. Ahead, go ahead. There's there's Rasmus Kupari who had a great role juniors as well. He's a finished product, I believe. He was great. I always like some of them. I get confused between Swinish or. Swinland or, or Finland and uh, and of course and there's Tyler Madden who the who the Kings got in the Tyler Toffoli trade from Vancouver he's John Madden's son he's had a couple injury problems but I think he has uh he is can he has a chance to have a really good future as well he's a guy that's gonna score and be able to to lay the body around which is a guy which is a player every team kind of wants to be able to do both. And you can't forget about Akil Thomas, who's a little lower on the list, but he scored the game winner for Canada at the world juniors this year. So you have to keep him in mind as well. Yeah. I mean, listen, LA is loaded. I read an article this morning, actually talking about how LA has actually made the quickest transition from one of the worst prospect pools to now yeah. having, they got ranked number one. I don't know who's doing the ranking. It could be Andy for all I know, because we follow <laughs> prospects so much, but, uh, but yeah, no, I it's, it's crazy. And like, obviously last year you got, you know, getting Turcotte and everything and, uh-huh. and even seeing how you're even set up for this year. Um, you have, let's see, one, let's four, six, uh eight you have eight draft picks in the first four rounds uh yeah 11, in, 11 in total yeah yeah 11 in total what what is your plan to you know what would your ideal plan be you know if you're the gm you know with all these draft picks and you have such a loaded you know you have such a loaded prospect pool uh do you make moves to try to you know go after you know quality instead of quantity or do you kind of just you know you know with the you know, depth of this draft, perhaps maybe, you know, just take shots at, you know, where you have it, especially in the well, second round. Well, honestly, I think the Kings should stay quiet on the trade front for this year. They have 11 picks. Maybe you could trade a couple lower on, but I think with where they're at, with the older players and them taking up so much of the cap space right now, I think you want to kind of keep along with where you're at right now and just keep kind of keep the draft picks for now i don't think it's the right time to trade to trade prospects to bring it or trade picks sorry to to try to bring a big name in i think it's one more year i think you're a year away from that still i think you should use this time to continue to draft and continue to develop and then in a couple years you're ready to trade some of these guys away and trade draft picks away again yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I think that's always the smartest idea. I mean, I, how many times do you see, you know, you you go for that, you know, you go for the the you know the big home run, and it just turns out to be a dud, and you know, it just you see of what could have been when the other teams that you're using your draft picks to, you know, build up their team, and it's just so frustrating. And that's been the story of the Rangers think, for so long. Do you think it's going to be the same? Do you think the Rangers should do the same thing? The the Rangers have two in the first round. I I wouldn't I wouldn't mind the Rangers making a move to bring in a center because they desperately need it 
using, you know, obviously some players on the roster and there's so many question marks with the Rangers and we can get into that too, but, um, <laughs> Let's so many, them. I got all night. Yeah. Well, you know, for, for right now, I think the Rangers most important thing, they need to bring in a, a young center. That's going to be able to be a number, you know, a number two guy. So using our second, you know, or our second first round pick, and you know some guys that might find themselves on the on the roster. We, we still don't know. Um, you know, I I really do think we need to make a move. And you know, for me, and we spoke about this on, on past podcasts with uh, Andy and and we had a, a guest TD on. Um, would be maybe like uh you know the Coyotes um was the name uh, Dvorak okay a center like that so i mean that's what like ideally what i want the rangers to do but it, listen if they did nothing and they just used the picks and 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 drafted i'm perfectly fine with that i think that's ultimately the safest smartest play that any team could make and, and i think i think center depth is so valuable as well and the kings have that in droves obviously and i think they're gonna add to that i think they're gonna go byfield second overall and i think they're just gonna add to that okay. and use that for the future to try to trade someone or make that a winger but again or makes someone a winger, but again, that's a couple of years down the road. Yeah. Well, let's actually talk about that because yes. there is a lot of you know. Uh, it's funny because usually in, in in drafts, it's about oh man, who are the, you know who's going to take with the first overall. Yeah. But this year, I feel I, like with La, with Lafreniere's accolades that he really yeah. there hasn't the race has never really been for sure. Is it has it's not like it's not a Taylor Tyler situation, but I yeah. do feel very Hans much Wallace. that the question is with the second pick. Yeah. You know, do you go with Quinton Byfield or do you go with Tim Stutzla? Because you know there is obviously. It does seem like the consensus from, uh, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not familiar with too friends with too many King, Kings fans, uh, <laughs> you know, outside of you, Jordy, but yeah. it does seem just online. It does seem like there seems to be a split, like a lot of, there is a lot of, there is some, some weird trepidation about Byfield. I personally don't agree with it or see it, but I do know that a lot, there are a lot of people that favor picking Stutzla. So I do want to know what your thoughts are on that, you know, on that whole debate. Yeah, you can definitely see both sides of the coin for sure, whether it's Stutzel or Byfield. I personally like Byfield a little better. Again, I'm of the train of thought that like the center is such a important position that you should have a lot of guys in line for that. And I think it's much easier to make a player a winger instead of make trying to make a winger a center. And I think the Kings could try to do that as well. But I'm I'm on the Quinton Byfield train. I've I've looked at both. I've seen. I like footage of both Byfield and Stutzel and I love both players. Like I'd love to take both of them obviously, but you can't do that. So I give the slight edge to Byfield just because of the, of his ability, of his ability to play center, I guess, of his position. Yeah. Stutzel's a winger, right? That's what I have. Yeah. Well, yeah, Stutzel is a winger. You know, yeah. I think he uh, he yeah. dabbled at center at the, at the at the World Juniors. Him and Reichel, okay. I think, switched off on a few ships. Okay. But yeah, I, yeah. But the I, biggest right you know, beside the biggest, me, I, have, I, I, I do. My, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I do think that Tim Stutzel is no, no, it's good. I do think that Stutzel is a, a winger at the next level. But you know, yeah, I think right. it's funny because Byfield, I do. You know, talking about what the Rangers situation is, is that. You know, I think Lafreniere is the no-brainer number one, and you can't not pick Absolutely. him. But at the same time, yeah. you know, I have been I have been on the train that it, it would not surprise me that by the time the dust settles, that uh, if Byfield, the you know, doesn't become the best player in this draft, you know, I don't know how likely that is, but it, you know, he clearly has the potential because no one in this draft has his combination of 
in, you know, size skating for his yeah. size, reach, intelligence, smarts, for playmaking sure. ability. He just they don't have you know that that skills package in that type of physical package. So, I mean, yeah, I just don't know. I as I do, I'm with you that I love Tim Stutzla. Yeah, I think he's great. I think he'll be a, a very solid player in the National Hockey League. But I just, you know, I don't know how you pass on a, on a Quinn and, Byfield. So. And, and you bring up size. That's kind of like the MO of the Kings. Although at least it was another team. Because, like, you had the big bodies, like, Doughty and stuff like that. And even, like, the guys that scored didn't mind to throw the body around and be gritty. Like, Dustin Brown and Jeff Carter. They don't mind yeah. to scrum it up. And by, and Byfield's that kind of player. And he, he would kind of go perfect with Tyler Madden in the future for the Kings in that kind of role. Yeah, and also too Absolutely. to go back to the draft. Yeah, and listen, I'm you got to draft Byfield because if you don't draft him, listen, he's the clear. Well, he was the clear two, you know, behind Lafreniere. Yeah. It's just one of those things too. If you're the GM, like don't get fancy with it. Like don't try to be like overthink it. You go with Byfield, even if Stussel ends up being a little bit better in the long run. You still made the right decision by going taking the big center. Because, I mean, you you hit the nail right on the head. Like, that's such an important position. You can never have enough enough depth. You're always going to be in a position to move a center uh, through a trade. Like, teams yeah, value exactly. centers so much. And it's so hard to find, you know, big, big bodies that, you know, can play down the middle. And it's just one of those things where I just feel like sometimes people who analyze sports get way too involved in it and kind of talk themselves into a circle. And, you know everybody needs to like, like when we first got the pick and we, you know, we're talking about it, you know, I asked Andy, like, is there a chance that we move this pick, you know, because of how valuable it is. And it's like, I can't even have that thought in my head because (laughs) it's like, you don't move it. You take it, you draft, you know, Lafreniere, you draft five field and you just kind of move on with that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, could you imagine like, and of how many teams have the, have the guts to like, trade that pick you know like right. when you know the value of the of who's first overall right Woo! what is up devil's fans it's your boy neil bell piano make sure you check out the devil's state of mind podcast here on the hockey podcast network from taylor ham or pork roll to how much we hate the rangers we got you covered. New episodes every Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Hockey Podcast Network website. And always remember to rock on. Woo! Yeah. I, uh, who who was the last one to trade the first overall? I think. Oh, oh, that's a good uh, question. Was it? Wasn't, wasn't it? it uh, was it Nashville? No, Nashville. Wait, I think it was Nashville, wasn't it? Maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm you not. Know, I, but, well, while we while we think about that, just back to center depth for a second and talking about we've touched on a lot, like how big it is and how how massive it is to have great positions at the center depth. I was t- telling you guys before we started, like I live in I I do the Kings podcast, but I live in Vancouver. I watch a lot of Canucks hockey. They've played with five centers all season long, and that's just it works out for them that way. So it's like when you can make a center a winger and you have that other option to like have a good centerman to like take a key face off at a key time, then that's huge. So if that's like what you kind of want to strive for. Well, I agree with that. I mean, how many times do you see a center go down and then where's the answer? Cause you need, yeah. you need depth at the position. You, 
like, again, you can't just bring a winger and make him a center. Um, faceoffs now more than ever, like generating offense off the draw has been such a important, you know, role and, you know, stat line now that like, yeah, certainly is something that, you know, a lot of GMs are, are starting to look at and it's so important. I mean, you could see just, you know, faceoffs in general dictate games, uh, just having, oh, yeah, they do. I think faceoffs are a huge part of the game for sure. Yeah. And like now I feel like now more than ever, yeah. you know, how quickly, you know, players can get their shots off and stuff like that. Like there's no big windups anymore. So if you win the draw clean, you get a shot off. It just, it, dic- it dictates the next, you know, two minutes of the game. Absolutely. It does. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, uh, go ahead and Andy. Well, no, I was going to say, I, while you were talking, I did some sleuthing. The, the last team to trade the first overall pick was the Florida Panthers. They traded oh, the first overall pick and a third rounder, uh, for, to the Pittsburgh Penguins for the number three pick, a second rounder, and Mikhail Samuelson. And who did the Penguins take with the first overall pick? Mark Andre Fleury. Interesting. Oh man, yes, I forgot well, about that. What that year was many was, many moons was, ago? Oh, what year was three? That? Oh, three. Two thousand and three. Okay. okay, okay. Interesting. Wow, that yeah, is. So it doesn't happen very often. No, it does, and I think the only times it's happened before then. Uh, no, it didn't happen. Mm. Yeah, no, it it is rarely happened. It's only happened, you know. I mean, people obviously remember, you know, Eric Lindros getting drafted by the Nordiques and then forcing his way yeah, to absolutely. A, a, the Flyers. So, absolutely. you know, but does that real? You know, that and, that wasn't really the GM's, uh, you know, decision for sure. But but you know, just to to kind of pivot off that, uh, you know, that when I was because in preparation for you coming on to the pod, yeah. I was just kind of like looking at the the Kings prospects and just kind of trying to brush up. And the funny thing is that, you know, we're talking about the Rangers and the Kings and another way in which I think they're pretty similar is that, you know, if you look at current between their shifts to, to current own, you know, ownership uh, team president and yeah. GM, I feel like both teams are in a similar spot and that they have p- two pretty, savvy you know laid back general managers in uh jeff gordon and uh, rob blake yeah and then also they have two two their two team presidents are both two beloved former players and john davidson and luke lucky luke robitaille so yeah. it's funny because i you know you know the last for obviously with the rangers being in the situation they are and the kings in the situation you know the last few years when they've had the draft lotteries you've seen them kind of just chilling in their their war rooms you know waiting and you know, I do, I do get a very, I, you know, I, I, I can only speak for Rangers fans, yeah. but you know, I think Rangers fans for the most part are extremely happy and are extremely confident in their front office with the way things have gone. They like that Jeff Gordon is a measured low key, just like, okay, kind of guy. He's not fiery. He's not more of a big personality. Yeah. He just kind of goes about his business. And then you have a very calming presence in a lovable former player in with John Davidson returning to the franchise this year. And it just, everything's kind of starting to feel right. Like when that happened, things started falling into place. And, you know, I guess you, it's kind of feels the same way for LA, you know, with, uh, for sure it does. Rob Blake's a very, is been very good since they, you know, transitioned to yeah. him. I think he's done a, a fantastic job. And, yeah. you know, Luke Robitaille is like, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, I, you know, sometimes you think it's a ceremonial thing, but you know, he's been, listen, he's been shadowing the right people and he's been putting in the, the time. So, uh, he definitely, it's definitely nice to have, you know, that a, for your fans to like have confidence in that you can, 
you, you know that a, a beloved former player has, it has actually has, you know, this is not just they're trying to like earn their stripes so they can eventually be a GM or some, you know, present somewhere else but that like they actually care about the fate of this franchise and where they go. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's partly because of like, they were there every, all those people were in the, were a part of the franchise for so long. They know how special it is and they want to keep it going. They want to keep it. They want to like, see the success continue in that franchise. And I think both GMs have done a great job for both teams in that regard. And I think you were talking about how it's kind of like a calming aspect to it as well. You see like Rob Blake, he doesn't really get too fired up. He's just kind of calm, cool and collected whenever you see him on TV. And that's, that's calming for fans. They have trust in him being a former player and seeing that he doesn't really get too intense, I guess is the word. It's not the right word, but I don't really get too like fired up. They just are calm, cool, collected. They know what they're doing, and it's kind of a trust the process sort of thing. And I know Kings fans are happy with what they've seen in the prospect pool and what's happened over the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Kings fan right now, there's you know a lot to be happy about. Obviously, you got the two cups, and now you're you know it's a, it's appropriate. Like you know, no, no dynasty really lasts forever. You eventually have to you know face the, exactly. the ultimate rebuild and. I mean, obviously right now you have, you know, plenty, plenty of prospects and you have certainly the talent right now to put together, uh, you know, a good roster that, you know, is not going to be, um, you know, I, I hate to use <laughs> another uh, uh, you know, original six team like the Detroit Red Wings this year where you just felt like they don't even have an NHL roster. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. And you, you never want to see a team, you know, really fall, you know, in a face plant. But, you know, yeah it happens, but you know, LA that didn't really happen. I felt like you overachieved this year. Now, now were you happy with the players that they moved at the deadline? Like, obviously you were in the position to move some players, you know, to Foley, uh, Clifford, obviously Kovalchuk, Campbell. Yeah. Are you happy with Kovalchuk was, uh, yeah, Kovalchuk was Kovalchuk. That was an experiment that right, yeah. failed. But no, you got a great return for Toffoli. You got a good return for in the Clifford and Campbell deal. You got a fourth rounder for defenseman. I think I'm pretty sure it was a fourth rounder for defenseman Derek Forbert, who I don't even, who I think played under 20 games this year. He had he was injury prone all season long. I can't remember the exact number of games he played. But no, I think Rob Blake did a great job at the deadline, just adding assets and getting up to 11 picks in this year's draft. Was, was there any other players that you do you, all right. Is there, were there any players that you expected that didn't, or Uh, I was kind of on the, I thought there could have been a couple. I thought, even though it's such a hard trade to make because of their contracts. And I don't think they have no movements anymore, but I thought Brown or Carter, might have been gone, and I think that could yeah, I thought, happen yeah. pretty soon here. Yeah, I thought Carter was going to yeah, be Yeah, I, I, sure. I, thought, I thought Carter was going to be gone. And that he had, he had injuries, but that was after the deadline. So that might happen this offseason or next deadline. Who knows? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Obviously, like, who would be the next one, too? Um, Carter, I think. Carter, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I so. uh, and I think, like, people will kind of dabble, like, you're going to let Quick go to Seattle in the expansion draft and i'm i could see that happen but i'm not 100 percent sure at the same time well that's another thing too i mean with the ranger the draft coming up yeah the expand and i like i don't know andy you probably know the 
are the rules changing because they didn't want to, to have no, the same thing? Same. They're no, the they're the exact same as exactly. that they were for Las Vegas. Oh, man. I thought they were going to make them like a little bit more, uh, you know, relaxed. And, you know, this way you don't have well, another. Well, it's funny. You know, Vegas was it. The, the thing is, Vegas, the rules didn't necessarily have Vegas set up to to succeed. It was just literally the the GM's absolutely undervaluing overvaluing the wrong talent and undervaluing because you look like no one for they didn't have to give they like you know they could have protected you know march could have been protected you know carlson could have yeah, been protected but absolutely. these players were giving them to, to sweeteners to protect <laughs> like bums it's yeah. just it's unbelievable like you know there's they're get, literally they're you know important keys to their first and second line and you know players like um uh from from uh from washington nate schmidt like yeah you know riley smith these guys were kind of like they were they were kind of cast offs you know even Absolutely. Uh, yeah and but you know it's just funny it's just yeah that I, I think at the end of the day with that it almost came down to gms just clearly over that and i think it, it was a kind of a bit of a sea change in terms of i do think that it seems like you are seeing GMs rip the band-aids off a little bit more now than maybe in the past few seasons. Cause they're kind of realizing like, uh, in, especially as we get to the height of, you know, we'll have a, a static cap for the next two seasons, but we're kind of, it reached the apex of the fact of that these, you know, uh, thank you for your service contracts that, you know, Detroit, the, the Rangers and LA were all yeah. kind of guilty of that. They re and Chicago, obviously, yeah. you know, with, with things like Brent Seabrook. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, that's probably a good place to pivot because I know it's been a lot of sunshine and rainbows, but let's not forget that both the Rangers and the, you know, the Kings, maybe they, right now they have some contracts that, uh, you know, they're m probably not going to age the best, but, you know, it's based off of past performance. Yeah, exactly. So I get, you know, you know, the Rangers though. are right now don't, you know, we, they don't know what's going to happen. They have Lundquist contract for one more year. You don't know if he's going to retire on his own. They're, they're going to have to buy him out if he, you know, if it requires him waving the no movement or if they eat it or if they use that a buyout on Mark Stahl, yeah. you know, cause they still have some dead cap left over from some other dealings with Kevin Shattenkirk and, I think Girardi's is finally gone, but, oh. yeah. but anyway, but yeah. So, I mean, you know, you look at, uh, Dowdy and, and Kopitar and even if, you know, both are still, you know, pretty good to serviceable players, obviously, you know, it's every year it goes on. It might, that contract might be a little bit uh, harder to swallow. So do yeah, it's, you, it's going to you know, be these are those, so those, those two being the two guys that when you think of LA and you think of their cup dynasty, do you think there do do you think both of them make it through the end of this contract with the Kings or do you think uh, one of them, if not both of them, some, you know, maybe get sent out if with a sweetener or a salary retention or what What are your thoughts? That's on that? so interesting because like the, the the thing is, so you have five more years of Kopitar and he's 33. So that you can get through. What's more, Doughty's contract is more interesting to me because yeah, he's thirty with a move no movement clause, and you have I think it's seven more years of him. That's a lot Ooh, for a defenseman. Yeah, that he's played like the most minutes in the league or top five minutes in the league since he was like twenty one or twenty two, and he's thirty now, and you still have him for seven more years. Like that's gonna wear on him eventually. So I think that one's gonna be way more tougher to swallow than Kopitar, and I think like Jonathan Quick, you still have three years at just under 6 million. So I think he might, he's going to be the goaltender that Seattle picks. 
Well, well, it definitely has the, you know, you, you look at Flurry going and it worked out well, you know, at least in the first few seasons. Who, yeah. well, hell, who knows? He played, he played pretty okay. He played pretty well. In the last game right. he got in. You know, yes, there were some some shenanigans with the agent and all that. But, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I, you know, definitely Seattle is going to want some names and considering sure. they're on the same, they're in the same uh, time zone as For sure. some of these stars, it's good to have some. So, and, you know, and I, that's what I was kind of thinking. I was like, well... I know Dowdy probably want, he knows that this is not going to happen overnight. Like, yes, they have yeah. so many good prospects, but it's not like next year they're going to, they're going to be back in it. And it might take a, a couple of seasons, but you know, they'll, they'll get there, but does he want to wait? Yeah. You know, he strikes me as a pretty competitive guy and he's, he's, you know, he's won uh, two cups already, you know, with the King. So I do wonder if, you know, if he's a player you can get to wave. And, you know, I think he still has that luster of being oh, Drew Doughty. You know, well, he was considered yeah. the best. And he's still going to have that for a few more years. I think it's the later years of the contract is where it's going to really be yeah. interesting and see if he's, if he wants to stay a King for life or if he's going to willing to move for, uh, uh, like if the Kings, uh, if like the prospects don't work out and a cup run doesn't happen, will he want to be traded yeah. to a cup contender? I mean, you know, if you, I think if you retain, I don't know what the Kings cap situation is, but I mean, you can, you know, obviously that's a tough contract to swallow as is, but if you retain four to 5 million, I think there's a GM out there who would bite on that. Oh, absolutely. You know? There's definitely kind of like, like the King said with Kovalchuk this year. Yeah. yeah. And and you know what? It actually worked out, you know, we're, you know, for Kovalchuk, you know, it, it wasn't like you didn't get it. Like he didn't just it didn't really work out in LA. Well, <laughs> he didn't work out in LA, but I mean, he yeah. got a, a lot better, you know, when he went to Montreal and then eventually. Yeah, for uh, sure. Got, then turned back into a pumpkin. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you were, you were talking about like contracts that the, that the Rangers are still playing. You mentioned like Shattenkirk's contract. I think it was like the yeah. Kings are still paying. Ilya Kovalchuk, Mike Richards, and Dion Phaneuf for the next few. Oh, I forgot about Mike oh Richards. Jesus, like I forgot about that whole fiasco. Like, Jesus Christ, we're still <laughs> paying Dion Phaneuf for three more seasons. We're still paying Mike Richards for six more seasons. Yeah, and you're going to be paying. Oh my God, Kovalchuk for at least Co- a six and a quarter next season to not oh. play for us. Yeah, yeah. The next two seasons are going to be tough, but you know what? I'm I'm looking at your the, the cap right now, especially with the active defensemen. Besides Dowdy, everything else is like there. It's it's pretty much coming at you for no cost. So yeah, it's true. It's so, true, which is nice. Which is going to be huge for you because over the next two years, you're really going to have to figure out the the you know solidify the guys that are going to be signed. You know, for those you know the six year, seven year. Uh, and the guys that get the term. Um, sure. And defense is the question that this team is going to have going forward with the prospects because there's not much in the defensive end for the prospects. There's yeah. Bornfoot, and that's and there's a couple more, Kale Clegg. But other than that, the defensive prospects are a little slim compared to the forwards. Well, it's funny you should mention that, uh, Jordy, because... It just so happens that the Rangers are a team that maybe could use some center prospects, but also have a well, litany of defensive prospects. Well, so maybe there's I, a trade to have. One would, yeah, one would wonder if somewhere down the line, you know, that whoever, you know, and I guess it depends on yeah. you know how they see these prospects prospects panning out. But you know, I I doubt it. It would be like a Turcotte or a Nils Lundqvist, but you know, they still yeah, have yeah. really good young. You know, the Rangers still have. uh 
you know, Matthew Robertson yeah. and Zach Jones, who are having excellent or excellent seasons are now seen as excellent picks. And, you know, yeah. and like you said that, uh, you know, outside of, uh, you know, probably not Velarde, but, you know, you do wonder if Kapari or, yeah. um, for sure, you know, just one or one of the, uh, the Kings other, you know, so just who knows, maybe there is uh, in, uh, Maybe the, a little bit of business can be done by Jeff Gordon and, and Rob Blake. but Yeah, absolutely. We'll I could definitely see something happening there for sure because like, Doughty's only big contract on the defensive end right now. And you have Mikey Anderson on his ELC. I think you have Bornfoot on his ELC. You gave Curtis McDermott an extension. And other than that, like everyone's kind of UFAs or RFAs going into next season. So it's definitely going to be interesting what the Kings do on the defensive end for sure. Now, I, now I did see that you two, you have two unrestricted free agents, uh, for 2021, uh, uh, Ben Hutton and we, ju- we just have, we just have one for the 2020, 2021 season. That's uh you came Ryan. Oh, right, right. Oh, sorry, right. Sean Walker, Sean Walker. Sorry. Yeah. Um, now do, are like, are any of the guys right now? Like, I mean, obviously like monkey Anderson, you know, he just signed. So are there any, out of all the other, the other guys, do you see any guys like being actually a part of the future or do you think the D is just kind of. So Matt Roy had, had a great year. He was a great defensive for the Kings, but I was all season long. I think the second best defenseman on the team. I was super, super impressed with Sean Walker this season. He's a college free agent. It was his first it was his first full season and there were games where like he was the he had the most minutes of anyone and he was able to I think he had and he was able to I think it was 24 points he had I think it was five goals and 19 assists he put up in my mind he was like the second best defenseman on the team all season long and I'm really excited for what he's going to bring to the future of the Kings as well because he had a great rookie year yeah and you know it's funny because, you know, obviously Andy brought up that we have so many young uh, prospects that are defensemen, you know, for the Rangers and looking at the Rangers decor right now, like, I feel like just like the LA Kings, the, our decor is probably the biggest question mark going forward. I mean, we have yeah. plenty of forwards right now that, that are, that are, you know, NHL players. And obviously we're going to be, dra- you know, drafting another one this year. But, um, you know, for us, it's like, we, you know, we have so many question marks. We have, um, you know, uh, Tony D'Angelo, which is going to be a huge question mark. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, you know, we have so many prospects where like, we're, I I know I'm in the position and Andy knows prospects way better than I do, but you know, I, I always worry, are they NHL ready? Like you can, you can like say, oh, they are NHL ready. Oh, they're, you know, you know, they're big, they're, you know, they're bigger. They have enough weight to them They you know, they got the foot speed they got, but it's the mental game. And you really just never know like what you're going to get out of these prospects. Are there any guys that you still have a question mark that people are hyping that you're afraid might not turn into, uh, you know, you know, what everyone is expecting? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, there, that, I'm, it's kind of too early to tell, on a lot of guys as well. And I think a lot of the young guys that you did see in this last season, you kind of know where they're going to fit in as they, as their careers go on. Like Blake Lazlot, for example, this season, he was our third line center and it was his rook. He was a rookie, his first full season in the NHL. And he was, I think the second best centerman on the team. 
So like he's a guy that like, and he didn't really put up many points, but he grinded. You know he's going to kind of be locked in as like a third line center. And I think there's for a lot of them, it's just too early to tell. We got Trevor Moore in the Leafs trade. I think he's kind of the one guy that's kind of like what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. But other than that, I think you kind of it's kind of too early to tell on a lot of the prospects. Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. I mean, uh, Andy, obviously, you know, like the Rangers prospects uh, a lot better than I do. And, you know, probably all the prospects in the entire league, you know, better than most people. I do have one. I do have one. Sure. Uh, uh, Carl Gunstrom. I don't know what's going to, he's still only 22, but I really just don't know what's going to happen with him because he was a 2016 second rounder and he only has, he only had four points in 13 games this year and he only has 10 points in 28 career games. So like he hasn't really panned out yet quite so far. Yeah, it, and it's so like twenty. You think like in the young twenties, like it's Again, still, it's still so early. Twenty two. So you never. Yeah, know. it's like how many guys are actually ready to be playing in the NHL? Be, exactly. You know, like by twenty twenty one, we expect so much of them because we see some of these players come in and just like dominate. But that's that's not realistic. That's not how you know the you know prospects work. They're prospects for a reason because if they were NHL ready, like they would have been going, you know, one, two, or three. Exactly. exactly. Um, so, like, what are your expect expectations for next year? Like, obviously, you know, the Rangers and Kings are not, you know, we're we're right in the middle, I say, of the like the tier three pack where it's like, yeah. obviously, you got the elites of the league, and then you got you know the secondary teams that you know you're they're going to make the playoffs, but you know, are they going to win a cup? I don't know. And then you know, there's the tier three that are going to be you know. They're probably realistically not making the playoffs, but could end up battling for one. So what do you expect from the Kings uh, going into next year? I think it's kind of like what I think they're like need one or two more years of like real development. Like, I think I think they could like make a push, but I think they're more going to be a team that plays spoiler next season. I think they're going to be a team that like, hey, they're, they're going to compete every night. They're always going to work hard. They have head coach Todd McClellan, who is one of like the hardest coaches in the league and he really works them hard. And I think they're like every game this year, they grinded like they absolutely battled just some nights that didn't go their way. And I think the Kings like led the honestly watching Kings hockey. I think they led the league in like unlucky bounces this season as well. But I think they're a team that won't be quite playoff ready yet next season, but I think they're a team that's going to be ready to kind of play spoiler for a lot of teams on, on the kind of like the bubble, the teams that might make the playoffs or might not. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's crazy, and I can't say this enough. The Rangers and the Kings, to me, are like almost the same exact team, just in yeah. different conferences. Like, I agree. Like, especially this year. I mean, uh, the Kings overachieved. I thought they were going to be the worst team in the NHL record-wise. Obviously, yeah. I was very wrong about that. <laughs> um, and, you know, the Rangers, you know, we went in thinking that they were going to be, uh, you know, we thought they might overachieve, just given, like, how bad the expectations were it's like one of those things like you're never as bad as you are and you're never as good as you say you are yeah. um you know so you know the rangers being on the cusp of the playoffs wasn't like completely shocking to me yeah. did i think we could make a run for the stanley cup absolutely not uh was i disappointed this year and how the season ended with carolina yes um <laughs> but you know you know overall you do see uh a lot of these teams that can do a, like a quick re- rebuild and you know, be relevant, uh, you know, sooner than later. And the Rangers seem to be kind of on that path where they're seem to be a little bit ahead of, you know, what was expected of them. 
mainly because we, you know, won, you know, two draft picks, uh, two high draft picks and, you know, had some great moves that I thought Gorton was a genius for. Um, do you think that, you know, are there anything, is there anything that LA Kings can do to expedite the the process and, or, or do you think they're just going to kind of ride it, the course? I think it will all depend again, like the keyword has been for both teams on development. And I think that is going to be, that's going to be more exponential this season because some players already have that first year under their belt. And there's going to be more players that become full-time rookies. Like, like this next season, Mikey Anderson's going to play his first full season. Gabe Velarde's yeah. going to play his first full season. Like these are guys that are go- that are going to get more than a cup of coffee, and I think that's going to be huge in the development of this team and really what's going to help them in the twenty 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 one season. Well, it's, you know, it's funny you should say that, Jordy, because it's like I think of you know we heard news that uh, St. Louis was trying to to clear salary so they could hopefully resign uh, Alex Petrangelo. Yeah. Hence, you know, they ship out Jake Allen, which is strange, but yeah. you know, that's still obviously not enough. And we've heard that someone who might be a casualty of that because they're finally due to get paid um, uh, would be Vince Dunn, who was a pretty promising young defenseman. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I was obviously like, Oh man, I wish I hope, you know, it'd be hard to do, but I would hope the Rangers be all over that. But honestly, what I'm thinking in terms of good fits, like I think LA is a team that could, you know, t- who would probably love to have a, a talent, a really oh. solid, talented young defenseman like Vince Dunn and Absolutely. could probably offer up, you know, because they're not looking to LA's not looking to they're you know, they're looking for, for futures. They're not looking to take on more salary. They're Absolutely. trying to clear salary. Yeah. So they could say, listen, like, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe it hurts, but you, you know, you trade one of you, you, the players in their farm system, but you still, like you said, there you have a lot of center depth there. So even if it's like, ah, oh, man, it's, it, I would hate to lose a Kapari or a Kaliev or, you know, whoever, you know, I know obviously they're not trading Turcotte, yeah. but, um, but yeah, but you know, it's, you, you, you do that, but then you gain back a proven commodity and a good, only getting better young defenseman if it's done. So yeah, it does. I, to me, it seems like that LA is one of the teams that can, even though a lot of teams are kind of tightening up the purse strings, LA is a team that can, can yeah, they have some flexibility this summer, and they I, can do some things. Absolutely, I completely completely agree. And like, you can trade one of the prospects, or like we've touched on, they have eleven picks this draft, and they have eight, eight, and then two conditional picks in the next draft. So like, you could trade picks as well because they have they have the three second rounders this year. I don't think. Like you might trade like the lesser one, but you have two third rounders and two fourth rounders this year, and you have two second rounders next for twenty twenty one as well. One of them is St. Louis's, so maybe you trade it back to St. Oh. Louis for Vince Dunn, yeah, try to get something yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, it, this is a, also a very good draft to have second rounders, and you know I'm very obviously good. happy the Ra- the Rangers have two firsts because that's obviously awesome, you know, and obviously the first overall is this this cherry on top of all that, but. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely with the depth of this draft. Uh, I think good players. You know, you look at people, players like, you know, Arthur Cooley if they got picked, or or even I'll say like a Matthew Robertson for the Rangers last season. Or if when the dust settles, you're like, you know, you see how they're playing in their their you know their plus one draft season, and you're like, why this guy should have been in the first round? Why was he? Yeah, you know, absolutely. So there's a lot of guys so yeah. I think this especially this draft, which is you know, I you know people say it's deep. I think it's deep in the sense that there's a lot of potential, you know, maybe it's not as safe as last season, but I think, you know, there's a lot more boom bust prospects. So, you know, it's worked out having so many picks it worked out with Kaliev. So it'd be funny, you know, or, or interesting to see if, you know, if LA swings on some of those 
more boom bust prospects in the second, like a Jeremy Poirier or a, you know an Alexander Poshin, who's like a who reminds me of like a young Panarin, and that he's like yeah. he's only like five foot five, but he's like <laughs> sick and has you know he's the t- one of the tiniest players, but he's got amazing skating and hands, and so yeah, it's, it's definitely a good draft to have that many picks in, and like you said, when you know all the more draft capital and you know, uh, and that's at the end of the day, it's all capital. So whether you're you're holding on to it or you're you're trying to to trade up towards something, yeah, I think the Kings definitely have a think, lot of I uh, think almost, a lot of options. I think almost everything is on the table for the LA Kings. Like, of course, like the prospect pool is so big, but I think you're always looking to do anything to help your team win and and help your team better in the now and in the future. So I think almost anything is on the table for the LA Kings at the same time. Well, yeah, and like especially like a team from LA, like I, I don't know if, there, if there's a sense of pressure for them to win or be good, but I don't know. There's always something about the, like the city of Los Angeles that, you know, you do have to put on uh, a show every night. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. kind of like New York where, you know, it is sports, but at the end of the day, it's entertainment. And yeah. I, I think, you know, just, you know, as a management standpoint, you do have to recognize that it, the product does have to be entertaining. You have to sell something. And, you know, the Rangers for the past couple seasons have kind of sold the idea that, you know, this is a rebuild, be a part of it. And the fan base kind of embraced it because it's been so great, you know, getting Kako and now the first round pick this year, like people are buying in. Do you get that sense from, uh, you know, the the Kings, you know, management and fan base all buying into this? All right, we're going to stink for a couple of years, but. For, For sure. I think, I think the diehards are for sure. But then like also at the same time, LA is such like, the Kings are always going to be towards the bottom when you play in a city with two basketball teams, two baseball teams. Like there's always going to be a like the struggle to kind of like be the number one team in the city, you know, especially when it's like it's L.A., right? Like it's yeah. the Lakers, it's LeBron, it's the Clippers, it's Kawhi, it's the Angels, it's Trout, it's the Dodgers and how fucking good they are you i'm I'm a baseball guy so like the dodgers are so fucking good but like it's like it's a struggle it's a struggle to be number one in a in a big american city when you're a hockey team but i think that the kings have been there before and they can do it again and i think the fans are buying into it but at the same time like you're the it's like the lakers are hot right now so they're on the lakers sort of thing but at the same time like the diehards are buying into into the team and they know that they're still a couple of years away. Well, it's actually probably like thinking about it now. Now's the time to rebuild because you do have so many other distractions in sports, you know? Absolutely. You know, for me, obviously Rangers are number one, but I'm also a Mets and a Jets fan. So it's that like, th- there's never really a break. It's just like, yeah, it's every season. It's just, you I'm get sorry. Snapped. Yeah, it's, a, it's all right. It's, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I got the number one pick. I'm getting Lafreniere. Like the, my life yeah. is good. Like I, I'll tell you what, you guys know I'm in, British Columbia, mm-hmm. but like the like people say, people people are always like to me. How the fuck can you be? Can you be a fan of them? But they're just a team I attached to when I was a kid. So like I've been a Patriots fan my whole life, and people hate me for it. But they're the team like I attached to as a little kid, and like people are like, oh, you're a bandwagoner. No, like they're the team I started to cheer for when I was little. So they've just always been my team. And now like with the with what's going on, like I'm a, still a Patriots fan, but I'm going to be cheering for. Brady and Gronk in Tampa Bay as well. Quick football talk there. No, I, listen, I'm with, as a Jet fan, I kind of respect what the, you know, uh, the Patriots have done over the years. It's been super frustrating, but it's not like we, we just don't get out of our own way. So it's like, yeah. 
can you blame yeah, the Jet, like yeah. I understand Giants fan being upset like or hating it, but like Jets fans don't. Jets fans have to learn how to tie their own shoes before they can even you know exactly start like getting mad at others <laughs> having rivals and stuff. You know, <laughs> hey, I'm also a, I'm also a Knicks fan, so the suffering is never ending. Jets wise, you just signed Chris Hogan. You guys are gonna like him. I liked him as a Patriot. The Patriots made him a name. Yeah. So you guys, you guys will like him. Yeah. But the the Patriots find a, a way of getting uh, the best out of their players. Where the oh, Jets end up, the Jets are always looking just the, for the front. They're competing with the Giants for the p- front page headlines. And <laughs> yeah, uh, they are. You're right. I'm but, not a I'm not a I'm not a Knicks fan, but I was a Isaiah Thomas fan because uh, okay. we went to the same school. So I kind of whatever team he was on for, I kind of root for. But okay. you know, now he's kind of you know you know obviously towards the end of his career. So I, I'm looking for something to to grab onto basketball wise. Yeah, uh, I just can't be the Knicks, though. I oh, mean, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah it's, it's, it's are, pain. are a struggle. Hey, jump on Brooklyn with Captain Canada. It's our new yeah, episode. Jesus Christ, saw that. Steve Nash. Out of nowhere. Love that. Yeah, that's, I didn't expect that at all. But... No, no one did. That was from the clouds. <laughs> the pride of Victoria. Yeah, yeah, he is Canadian. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, listen... I, Obviously, you know, the L.A. and New York Rangers are always going to be, you know, just the big names in hockey coming from the, you know, two biggest cities in the country. Um, you know, just overall, what what are your to wrap things up a little bit here? What, you know, what are your overall thoughts on L.A. Uh, heading into the future? Um, you know, just, you know, if, if you had to sell the team to, you know, the fan base who or to a fan that might be like iffy on, you know, whether or not he's buying into this, what, what you know, what would your you know final words be? I'd say right now, absolutely right now, be excited, but be patient. Like it's where the prospect pool is the number one in hockey, but it's going to take a couple of years. You kind of have to trust the process as the 76ers did over the last few years trust the process the kings are gonna be good i've seen it firsthand in vancouver here the last few years and the fans just kind of had to trust the process to wait for hughes and Pedersen and then make the right move to get miller and such and the kings have to do the same thing like the prospect pool is so good it's just not quite ready yet you just have to be patient and it's gonna happen sooner than people think all right. I mean, listen, I, I appreciate you coming on here. It was a pleasure talking oh, to you. Uh, I know, you know, Andy and I both enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I still have a sour taste in my mouth over 2014, but, you know, I don't think it's uh, that's something that I don't, I don't even think can, only Stanley Cup can fix that one. So, um, again, thank you for coming on. Andy, do you have any any final words? No, I just that, you know, it's obviously uh, we both teams have the drafts coming up. At what I think it's the 9th and 10th of October or 8th and 9th or something like that. It's it's yeah, whatever. Who knows? Well, no, they, they might even move it. But yeah, I mean, both French, it is just throughout doing my research for this episode and just thinking about, you know, just reminiscing back to the feelings around that cup final going from, you know, that, that the heights to obviously the lows, but you know, I think it, it bodes well for, for fans of both franchises that they've been able to turn it around. Because, I mean, look at some, you know, there's so many franchises that they've just literally been treading water for, de- you know, a decade. Uh, Arizona, you know, finally got a little taste of some success. This may be this year, but it still ends kind of bittersweet for them anyway. Yeah, and now they, they might not even be a whole Taylor Hall, you know, 
Eichel is still looking for for help in in Buffalo. You know they have so and you know you now they're talking you know all these you know you have uh, f- they're talking about rebuilds in Florida and Calgary just yeah. you know because it's like not having the right mix or the problem is just not having it constructed the right way. But you know when you have a deep prospect pool and you can constantly refeed and you're making shrewd moves you can stay relevant and you look at some of the, you know, Boston has been a contender with some of the same guys, just kind of changing out other parts for a long time. So and, and yeah, I think it, in the right parts. No, exactly. And doing things the right way, which takes time, but you set yourself up to be competitive for a while. So, you know, luckily I think the Rangers and the Kings are, are both doing that, you know, Absolutely. and they both, you know, and this is coming off of a period of extended success. Obviously, like James had mentioned, the Kings were ultimately more successful and they actually broke through, you know, twice, whereas the Rangers were all those postseason appearances for, you know, for a, a pretty long string just didn't, they never really got there, but, you know, yeah. they got close, but yeah, but who knows? But now look, they're right back They're They're positioning themselves to be right back in the picture. So uh, yeah, if that's exactly. not a you know a ringing endorsement for both you know both franchises, I don't know what is. So yeah. Jordy, thank you so much. Why don't you tell us where people can uh, find you on social media? Well, on Twitter, follow me at Cunningham Jordy, Jordy with a Y, and follow at the Kings Den THPN for everything going on with the podcast here at the Hockey Podcast Network. Awesome, man! Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Appreciate no it. Can't wait to do it yeah. again. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.